Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. What's up, creators? This is John, and you have once again located the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here, as always, with sketch editor Bill Nichols, sketch publisher Bob Hickey, and tonight, once again, it's question and answer time. We've got some good news, we've got some bad news, and we've got all kinds of other stuff for you. But before we do that, as always, how you doing tonight, guys? Doing great, John. This is Bill. Hey, John. It's Bob. Doing great, man. Fantastic. So, jumping right into the questions, and this one is for young Mr. Nichols. Uh, we had a question from G.A. Golubisky. Nice name there. Can't even spell it if I had to. But he wants to know about inking tools. He spoke to Dexter Vines and Wayne Fasher at the recent Pittsburgh Comic Con about inking techniques, and they mentioned an unconventional... Uh, some unconventional tools, like stuff that aren't disposable pens, bent, nibs, brushes, you know, some kind of that. Uh, so what he wants to know from you are what are some of your favorite unconventional tools for creating various textures? For example, how would you do a tree or concrete or something else that's heavily textured? Um, to be honest, I don't really have any. Is that answer? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's it, one way to answer it, sure. Well, I don't, I don't have any unconventional things. I mean, I know that um, you know different people have talked about doing um, using their fingertips mm-hmm. uh, in, in ink to make uh, patterns and and uh, same thing with uh, like painting and stuff. Because if you watch some of the painting shows, like on KET, they will use fingers or maybe the tips of the brush or something to um, etch sort of into the the paint that's there, and it's sort of the same thing with you know some ink on some things. It kind of depends, but um, me personally, I mean, I I'll, I will use lines and stuff, and I'll I'll use um, spatter sometimes, right. but I I don't really do that anymore. I don't I don't have time for to you know to get too fancy with it. Unless it was, you know, something that really called for it, then I might. But, um, yeah, those guys are, I mean, they'll, they'll try everything and anything to get their line, that get the effect that they want. And, you know, Dick Giordano and, and other people have done different things. And there was a conversation on one of the, it might have been on the comic-related board or something uh, this past week that um, about some of those, those inking um tips that people had you know sort of almost like arbor legend in some cases you know you hear something that somebody's used um and it's sort of you know that but me personally you know i, I don't I, i'm pretty conventional as far as the tools that i do i'm not hardcore into it like those guys anymore so i don't play around i don't i just do it 
so sorry. That's pretty much all the answer. Well, well, I mean, I used to know more about it, and I, I, that's just sort of out of my, you know, I, when I was learning and, and experimenting, then yeah, I, I could have talked more at length about it. But now, you know, I just ink, and I, I don't go beyond. I don't, I don't, I, not, I mean, it's not a slam on anybody at all, but personally, I don't care about finding that because there's just too much for me to do to, to go outside to, to, you know, to take other time to do all those other things. So I, I will leave that to the, um, the innovators and the people who do it, well, you know, really for a so living. Much so much of that can be done in the computer now too, you know, where yeah. you go in, you lay in the line art that's necessary and then you can go in and lay in any textures, any fill, or anything like that in a matter of seconds. But, I mean, there's still some stuff that you can do with a fan brush or stippling. Not stippling, but you know what I mean. It's a dry brush. And get, like, textures for concrete coming back over with the white out to cut the cracks back into it. Um, there's some stuff like that that you can pull off pretty easily. Um, dry brushing. Uh, Rick McCollum actually uses his fingerprints sometimes. And on white out to feather stuff out, and you'll if you look hard enough, you see that it is his finger, it's his thumbprint that he does over and over and over to to, to white. So that's sort of a cool technique that he's developed that he uses. But I tell you who we need to get on here. Maybe we could have him on one of the early live chats. Is Chris Dreyer, because he is someone who's diehard and has been doing it and does it as a day job, and probably has all kinds of stuff to tell us so that might be a good one to save john and we drag we drag okay. chris on here yeah and as bill was talking i was thinking who do i know and then chris just popped up he just he's just drawing me four clay'sway strips that i'm running right now why i can catch up on other things and i'm like yeah he would be good to bring in for that kind of stuff yeah i found that um that topic on comic related it was under jim lee inking mm. Um, he had posted a video, I guess, and um, Tim Tilly upset. He said something about finger inking, and then on beyond, on down, somebody mentioned Dick Giordano and the smoke effects and the clouds and some other things. And um, yeah, that's where I'd seen it. Like I said, I, once upon a time I had, you know, books. To, I, I still have the Gary Martin mm -hmm. book here, but I mean that's more about inking styles right. for me. And. Um, There was a book, and I may have mentioned it in, earlier in an earlier podcast. It was uh, one we got at the comic shop when I was there, and I got it just because it was about inking. And it went through different tips that people did, even, you know, like with rapidographs to, to uh, you know, because some people with a uh, rapidograph, they don't, you know, it's uh, if it's perpendicular to the, to the paper, then your ink's coming out fluidly, you know, all mm -hmm. evenly. But some people hold it at an angle so it doesn't come out all the you know that way all the time. So they, you know some people will file off at an angle, the um, and then put a dot on the top to mark where the you know vertical is, and um, that's how they naturally hold the pen. Um, and they deal with you know with other things I'm sure, but. Uh, that was one tip that I used. To, I, mean, I never wanted to mess up. I was afraid of always afraid of messing up my rapidographs, but um, just different things like that. You know, I, I, I'm like I said, I'm more conventional, and I don't do it enough to 
like I said, it's here experiment a whole lot anymore. So, so that's me. Sorry. Uh. Okay, we'll table that one for another day then. Um, this one, Bob, I think is probably more directed at you. Uh, Bianca Thompson, and thanks for listening, Bianca. We appreciate it. Um, wrote something on the Sketch Magazine wall that says, Axel Bone, myself, and several others would like your feedback on a Sketch Card Artist's official convention. Thoughts and location suggestions, and if you build it, or if they build it, will you hmm. come? Um, let's take on... Yeah, I think... Uh, if you put on a, a good convention and get the right sketch card artist there, um, along with yourself, sure, I think you can build something. Location, 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 though. Um, you right. know, you got to get it where you can get the masses to drive the least amount of space, considering the cost of gas right now, to come. And you got to get the right people there. Um, I think there is a sketch card convention in Chicago. I think that's where Renee and uh, Ray Dillon did maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, um, did a show there. I remember talking to him about it. So there may already be one out there or two. So, you know, you really want to research that and and see what they're doing. Or maybe you want to do a sketch card slash webcomic convention, and that way you're bringing in the readership and the fan base of the webcomic artists, and you're bringing in your, your, your fan base who are buying your cards and you can get a bigger audience into the show. But um, if you build it, will we come? Uh, tell me where to come. And as long as my weekend's free, sure, I'll show up. I'd love to. Do you think that sketch cards are a big enough thing right now that it could be its own convention? Just I completely? think it's going to start off pretty small. Um, I'm just wondering, how are you going to tag and let the people know you're doing it. I mean, it costs a ton of money to promote and advertise. And I mean, sure, we'll, we'll let people know on this, but this is still re reaching mm -hmm. a niche. And it's actually reaching the people that you want behind your tables, not coming in your door. And, you know, one of my biggest complaints about shows like, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, what's that show up in Columbus, Bill? Or John? We do. Small uh, press space. space. My biggest space? complaint about space is that it's more of a let's get together and trade and talk than it is what I call putting butts through the door. And the only way anybody really benefits is if you put butts through the door. And that's getting people off the street, fans of the art, fans of the comics, in to see the material. And that's how it's going to grow. So... I'm not. I mean, we've done not really a convention. We've done a gallery show, and of course with the comic comics for cures, and no, I don't have a date to announce yet, Bill. Um, we do do a big gallery show. Of course, all of those are auctioned off already, and sort of we do the gallery show as the end of the event, end of the auction, and we're enabled now. It's what we made. So, a convention I think would be cool. Um, I think I really don't have a full answer. I think you could pull it off, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot. And John and I both have been to some shows here in the past year that probably shouldn't have happened. Is <laughs> correct? And yeah, you could definitely we say that. You need to make sure you promote, you promote, promote, and promote outside of your area, outside of your local shops, 
and give reasons for people to come. So, but yeah, I mean, as long as it's not going to be a couple of days drive for me, you know, and it's a weekend, like I said, it's a weekend I'm available. Sure, welcome. Love to. Yeah. Drag, I'll drag John yeah, with me. Knows. As long as it's not an incredible amount of money to get in or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, why not? You know, I'm driven further for ah. less, so why yes, not? Yes, we have. All right, and then I think our last batch of questions this time once again comes from Greg, uh, Greg or GE as he was in this other thing. Um, he's talking about covers this time out. Um, he wants to know about whether color or black and white is preferable, uh, where you might get those printed up, and... Um, the risks of printing up a sketchbook with a company's characters. Now, that's actually something that's uh, upcoming in our little world pretty soon. No? Yes, possibly. What? You lost me. Are you not doing a who's who? Uh, are you not doing a who's who of the sky? Yes, but I think what he's talking about is like him doing a sketchbook and having Spider-Man in it. Yeah. Or Batman. Oh, in oh, it. oh, okay. Or you I see, see what I mean? Oh, I think that sort of way. Yeah, no, you can't well, do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that. Well, Let's hit the cover thing yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do a minute. Bill, I'm doing a little search here about some companies that do printing. You want to grab first touch the black and white color as a previous store owner, and then I'll come in and give you my two, two par parts on it. Yeah. Um, a black and white book can be it has to be eye grabbing it has to capture your attention there's nothing to say that you can't do one uh, what, but what you want to try not to do is do one that it just it looks like it would have been color if you could have afforded uh, you know afforded color but there's nothing to uh, really to say that you can't do a, a really awesome black and white because I've seen some you know small press stuff that's it's just black and white because that's all it is a small press but um, you can do things with hatching and and tones and all kinds of other things but um, the actual printing in, in black and white yeah I mean but I, I've <clears throat> I've talked before about wanting to do or intending to do uh, a review column for comic related on sketchbooks yes I know John and I've got uh, Ken Meyer sent me one of his actual sketchbooks, and it's sitting here on that shelf right here, waiting for me to. I mean, but he's got actual. He's got everything mm -hmm. in there. The, but he's not going to do an actual. He's not going to print a sketchbook. I mean, it's his paintings. His and they're just little marker drawings. Some of them, and it's a big mix. To me, that would be interesting. And I have seen some that people did, and they and they reproduced. Some, but Ingrid Hardy is another one who's done. She she's done a couple of sketchbooks for her rapid horse thing with some of her sketch cards in it, um, and she has really done a good job. I mean, they're magazine size, um, you know, eight and a half by eleven, and they are some are in color, some are in black and white, and she does a really excellent job on both of those, and. Um, so she's done it upright. She's taken the time to produce something that's 
it's her work and it's promoting the, those card sets that she has done but it's also promoting her artwork as well and uh, like I said there, there are, it kind of depends on you you as a as an artist or as a, if you're you know creating it for somebody else maybe but um, what's your goal what what's your budget mm-hmm. for sure what are you intending are you trying to make money out of it or are you just trying to get your stuff out there you are you trying to promote a book I mean Mike Madak did a, a sketchbook of um, uh, that the Indian uh-huh. book that he did it had a date in the front I can't remember right off sixteen here on the table but All right yeah yeah and you know that was cool it was just you know sketches and then there was some stuff about the project itself and I, you know I thought that was cool and when I you know I will do a a look at that at right. some point you know it, hey, but I mean I like Mike's stuff anyway, okay but. you're sort of blending the black and white color cover with the sketchbook idea All right, Ursula yeah. today you asked me for a printing bid which I had to pass on to Mike did you even consider right. putting a black and white cover around this book? Really? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. I was that's, sad. Yeah, that's, I was just getting that's a, a dead idea. All right, let me touch base on the black and well, white cover thing because it depends on where you're going to put it. Okay, if you're going to stick it in a comic shop, you do not want a black and white cover. I don't care. Um, it it would look like it's a little homemade, self-printed imprint. Um, it will hardly get picked up, and that's just experience from owning a shop and publishing myself. Um, you're competing with every other color piece out there, and you're competing. If it gets stuck on the new rack, you're competing with something like 30 titles that week. And the odds are you're going to be a little bit higher in price than everybody else. So there's no way. I mean... Sometimes, at one point, I would have said, yeah, you would stand out. But nowadays, I think everybody wants the most they can get out of for their money. And I really have a hard time thinking somebody's going to grab a color, black and white piece over a color piece on the cover. Flat out. Now, the funny thing is, we'll spend $10 for that 10-in-1 exclusive that's a, you know, a... Uh, Frank Cho, <laughs> black and white cover, um, mm. but yet we won't do an indie that way. So uh, I just think a black and white cover. Now, if you're going to self-sell, put it in your own store, stick it on Amazon, eBay, however you're going to move it yourself, I don't think there's a rule. I think you're setting a precedence at that point yourself and you can do anything you want with your cover you're not in direct competition with anybody at that point and so you're saying this is my book this is how i want it to look and here you go you see what i mean right so yeah well i mean i considered it but i mean the pieces are going to be in colors i mean the the cover pieces are going to be in color so that wasn't I just considered it, but no, for advertising or for uh, merchandising purposes, the actual covers, images that I use on the cover, I'm, I'm getting those right. colored. So, so that's why I asked for quotes on the uh, color right. cover. The inside, the interior part, it's a sketchbook, 
So by virtue of just being a sketchbook, most of those pieces are going to be either in gray tones because they're pencil or they're going to be inked, whether they inked them or I inked a couple of them. Um, So that part is, you know, inclusive in that, really, in the sketchbook Mm -hmm. idea. But the cover itself is, you know, for an eye grabber or whatever. Yeah, that's why I asked for the the quote on the color cover. And I think if you're setting out a convention... And you've got your book sitting out there. What's going to grab somebody's eyes who's trying to walk by you? And that's what that's what, always think about when somebody's walking by you. And I still got that photograph somebody took in my booth. And I'm saying, okay, I did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong. You know, looking at my display at Charlotte this year. Um, everybody walking by is trying to walk by you and not get grabbed. The odds are a beautiful color piece is going to grab their attention before a black and white piece will. So there again, depends on where you're going to sell it, where you're going to take this book, how you're going to offer it. Um, interiors, that's there again, it's your piece. Uh, a better chance, I think, a better chance of selling a black and white interior with a colored cover. So that's just personal experience and and um owning a store over the years right um right and then then if you have a cut for for example there's a sketchbook it's not just me mm-hmm. it's however many other artists are you know i'm using upwards of, you know it's, it's over mm-hmm. 10 it could be closer to 20 at this point but um that gives if you are if you have the sketchbook at say at a show then you can go around and get each artist to, like with the Hell Girl sketchbook that we did a couple mm-hmm. years ago, you know, different people had other artists who were included in there sign their piece, right. which is, you know, just a personal coolness if you're, you know, into doing that because you see the person there and you want them to know that, hey, I saw your piece in the sketchbook. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I think yep, it's cool. I agree. Um, the, the question printing a sketchbook with other people's characters. Um, I would make sure there'd be no Star Wars characters in it because they're real fanatic about it. I expect Marvel to step up, maybe. Always thought that since Disney now owns them. Um, And sort of expect DC since Warner Brothers evidently woke up and realized they own a comic company. Um, but on the flip side, I've got some good friends who create product out of other people's licensed stuff and they do sell them at shows. Um, they're very careful on what shows they do. Um, they they do good work. I, I think it's cool what they do, but I think you're safer if you do a sketchbook, and I've seen it in many of the sketchbooks that I've bought over the years, because I'm a huge sketchbook um, fan, you know, Adam Hughes, Frank Cho's, uh, Cheeky, um, I've got all forms from ash cans to the hard pound books, um, so I got all kinds of. Them. <sighs> it seems like one legal twist that I've seen lately is they put in there at the end of the book that. This book was created for educational purpose. And whether it's true or not, it works legally, I don't know. Um, 
I've seen it in the books. I've never questioned it. I haven't researched it. Um, but it can't hurt to put something in there. Very obvious. This is for educational purposes. Well, you know, let's get real. That sketchbook was graded, so they get my 20 bucks. You know? Um, that's, that's the reason they made the sketchbook. Um, so... Uh, but it's something we see show up in the last couple of years. So you may want to include something like that. Um, just got to be careful. I mean, I know a friend who created a sketchbook. He is a licensed Star Wars artist. I think I can say this without pointing him out. Yeah. He is uh, a older gentleman who uh, has done tons and tons of commercial paintings and traditional artwork for years and years. And one of his sketchbooks got put on eBay. Not even by him, but by somebody else. And Lucasfilms called him and told him to destroy what he had on his, in hands. It scared him. He destroyed everything he had on hand on that sketchbook. And he won't include any uh, Star Wars licensed property and any kind of sketchbooks he's done since. It's done uh, all his own stuff. So you've got to be careful. Um, just got to be real careful. I think you're better off. Because the difference in a sketchbook and doing a original piece of artwork or a sketch card is that you created merchandise with their licensed character at that point without getting a license. Correct? Mm -hmm. the, and the difference in creating a sketch card is you've created a piece of artwork that's only going to be sold one time to so it's more of selling an original I think you can get away with that a whole lot easier than you can get away with sketchbooks but you know do what you must I go to conventions and John does conventions and we see tons and tons and tons of licensed character stuff on people's tables that we know have never worked for the big two so, it's a, it's a yeah. chance you take. So, and then you 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 can have you can have some comparisons made with um, Rob Granado or other people who did the well, same thing and who, who Bob know, was blatant crap though, you know. Yeah, he was definitely no, I know, but the, but there. people have had this conversation. I mean, there have been a lot of conversations, but you know, part of that out of that whole thing was sort of a not a warning but a uh, heads up to conventions when you book guests and stuff to make sure that they have some sort of legitimate um, credits you know, right. credits and um, people who are buying stuff who don't know who are off the street who see these pieces of art and these prints and all these things that they are just taking them at face value so yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a buyer beware, but it's. But a, on know. the flip side, you bring up Bob. He was taking other people's artwork, redrawing it. Yeah. So there's a difference there a little bit too. Yeah, definitely don't take Frank Cho pieces, trace over it, put it in a sketchbook, and call it your own. That's nuts. That's one way to get a red flag thrown at you quick. And so you know. But if you're creating original pieces of artwork and you want to do a sketchbook, you know, you take a chance. 
because you legally do not own. You know, and all I can say is don't do it with Skystorm characters or Clay Well, I have to, at this point in time, I have to be very protective of my licensing. And I truly believe the next five years or so, we're going to see these big guys start cracking down. And the odds are what they're going to do is they will hand out a license to their creators who are working for them to allow them to create their sketchbooks or their prints. You know what I mean? Um, so they mm-hmm. can crack down on all the bobs and all the, and I don't mean me, um, and all the people out there who are doing this. Um, you I know, know it's it. You. Um, just because it is a licensing nightmare. You have somebody who, who can't really draw, decide to do a whole sketchbook on Spider-Man. Well, yeah, it doesn't look on good on that guy, but it really makes Spider-Man look bad. So the guy who owns the property has got to worry about what his property looks like. So, you know, that's sort of the bummer. I mean, I don't want to bring anybody down. Um, You know, we always push here creativity, creativity, go out and create, create, create. Cut there, create your own stuff and sell it. If you're going to do a sketchbook, do it of your own stuff and start building your brand, building your name, building up the characters and stuff that you want, that you know. Right. So, because I have seen somebody do sketch cards, um, in you know, do for example, 10 Spider Mans, for example, or something, and they all look different and they all look eerily familiar, Mm -hmm. but you know, they're all different, you know, different um, styles and stuff. And you know, that tags you too because the sketch card community, I mean, if you go to the scoundrel art community. That's a, a good hub for sketch card activity. And, yeah, I mean, people look at each other's sketch cards because, they, you know, they admire them and they're fans of each other. Oh, yeah. And, uh, rightfully so. So, um, yeah, I mean, in all things that you do, be, do your own work. Do your own – listen to your own inner voice, if you, you know, your creative self, whatever. But don't rip off somebody else. In anything, just right. do your own. We can spot a tracer a mile yes, away. Yes, we can. And um, one defense of the black and white yes. cover: if you're choosing to do black and white cover, you have to be at least as good as Eric Adams. <laughs> if you can't come up to that level, stick with color. Yeah, but there again, Eric's not real. He's going. He's hand selling the stores. But he's not well, really yeah, in but, diamond or anything like that, you know. Um, and well, he puts like fifteen different. Oh my gosh, I know. I sell him the so, markers. Yes. You know, um, yeah. So. Yeah, and that's. It's not quite. Or you know, you got to do a, a line art that is just nuts. It's going to be textured crazy, to draw my attention yeah. to it, you know. So, uh, I don't know. That's a tough sell, and I agree, Eric's. But Eric's whole book looks like his cover. Exactly. You know, it's it's it, highly it's rendered out, and you know it it looks sharp, looks very good. So yeah, you know, plug out there for Eric Adams. Blacklusterworld.com. Go check it out. But anyway, um, so that wraps us up. On Actually, the, he uh, had a question about Q&A. printing. Oh, yes, oh, that's it, right, he did. And yes, you went I got a little, kablam digital printing. 
That's K-A-B-L-A-M.com. Uh, they're one of the bigger ones out there right now doing the printings. Um, I, they're not cheap, but you know, definitely get a price from them. Um, there's this one, Jake, Jack prints.com j-a-k-p-r-i-n-t-s.com um looks like they're out there printing comic books now and doing deliveries um there is a comic book printing.com not too sure what that is um those are really the biggies you know there's the lulus and stuff out there like that you can get into they're rather costly um you can get in some major money on printing up your books uh blue line Maybe make an announcement here in the next month or two that they're going to be firing up their printing again. In the past, we have printed comics. Um, we'll see what happens over the next 60 days, but the odds are they're going to be firing up printing comics again. So that's, you know, bluelinepro.com. Um, that reminds me, at the end of this podcast, I will make an uh, offer to everybody who listens to this podcast within the next seven days. Uh, you'll get a discount at the website. Something I worked out with Mike over Blue Line. So, um, mind me, guys, to do that at the end of the podcast. We'll do that. All right. Uh, for those people who didn't hear, uh, we do have some sad news to convey. On June 23rd, comics lost one of its legends, uh, Gene Colon. Um, for those of you who don't know who Gene Colon is, he is the co-creator of the Falcon, um, heavily, heavily associated with Daredevil in the late 60s and early mm-hmm. 70s, and did a very strong run on Tomb of Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, Howard the Duck, and a well-remembered run on Batman and Detective back in the 80s. So really, and really did, he touched a lot of people and a lot of different stuff throughout the uh, throughout the industry. In fact, I found one quote. Um, the CEO of IDW um, said that Tomb of Dracula kept him reading comics, and there would be no IDW without Tomb of Dracula. So I thought that was uh, pretty telling of what sort of influence Gene Cullen had on the industry. Mm-hmm. And several people probably know him from Captain America as well as another high-profile book he did. So, very sad. Yes, yes. I, I, I was a, I fan was a at huge the time, fan. That was the time I was growing up in comics. So, yeah. From the Daredevils, the Iron Man covers, to, to Caps. He's, he was a he was one of those guys, like Sal Brasima. He was a solid renderer. His figures had substance to him. You know, he could tell a story, grab a young man's imagination. Um, th- those guys were solid artists, you know, um, they knew how to move a page. They knew how to, to tell a solid story and, and you know, they cranked this stuff out. They knew it. So, yeah. And they knew anatomy oh, yeah. too. I mean, their characters are, you know, I'm looking at a Captain America cover he did and Captain America actually is thick and rounded and has That's... muscles and, you know, isn't. Kind of spend That's what I mean thing. with substance. You know, they drew him with substance. Right, right. Like Daredevil had a big chest. He had, you know, if the dude swing around a building all the time, he's going to get bulky. And he, he drew right, him yeah. that way. So, 
Um, I was a huge Iron Man fan. So, you know, I'm looking at this uh, premiere cover he did, first issue. It's just dynamic. You don't see these covers like this hardly anymore. But, um, yeah, must he's going to be missed. We're, we're starting to lose a bunch of the old guys, you know, Dick Giordano and Gene and, and them. And, you know, uh, here not too long ago, they started reprinting the Tomb of Draculas and a uh, friend of yeah. Bill Love's a huge fan. He was picking them up and, and everything, so. Somebody, yeah, that's where I, that's where I came in with, especially with Tomb of Dracula, where I just you could just feel, the, you know, it, there's just a. That was he was one of the first artists I ever had a real sense of, his style, and what style actually was, because it was so different from the other books, the regular superhero books that I was reading. Um, so yeah, he's, and he was a nice guy too. Mm-hmm. So. And really kind of made Dracula, uh, you know, a cool character again. I mean, you know, at the time, Dracula was kind of a joke. You had that, uh, you know, uh, the Frank Langella Dracula who was all, you know, quaffed hair and everything like that. Or conversely, you had the comedy George Hamilton Dracula. So Dracula was kind of, a, you know, Dracula was kind of not cool anymore and and Tomb of Dracula really brought him back as a menacing character and uh, a character to be feared and respected. And, you know, I think his artwork had a lot to do with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had this waviness to his artwork that was just... Things moved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah it wasn't... Yeah. I mean, Jack Kirby had a sort of connection. Yes, energy. You know, picture. And, right, and then he had that same... But it was more of a it, fluidness or something. If, yeah, if if Jack Kirby's were more athletic, his was more like a dancer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But with that. substance, I keep saying it. You look at his right. figures. You know, there's an Iron Man sub, mm-hmm. Submariner cover, and Submariner's huge in the chest, but then he narrows down. You know, he's just he's a hell of an artist. You can't get over that. You know, and he you know he's he's gonna he's gonna be missed. You know, get out there if you're 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 a young artist. You know who he is. Get out there and pick up his stuff's out there in reprints. Either it's the black and white stuff that Marvel was reprinting or the Tomb and Dracula collections. Check it out, and uh, you'll see that he was one heck of a storyteller and very much missed. Yeah, I think that's kind of that's kind of a good thing to do for all the old guys. I mean, you know, comics did not spring from Todd McFarlane and Rob Layfield and, you know, all those guys. There were comics long before uh, they came A lot out. of these and, guys, this is their first, first, you know, inkling yeah, to I mean, it. Because well, a lot know, of the artists out there are young, but, you know, right. I, I'll so, be honest. I didn't get into Jack Kirby until about five years ago. Even though I no, read them, either, but, but I didn't did. appreciate them. Yeah. You know, I read it. I had to because I was reading the FFs and all that back then. But, you know, it was like that's what I had to read. But now I appreciate what he did. And I understood, uh, you know, I I still can't. Some of this stuff is just beyond me ever understanding how they, you know, pulled it off, what they did and how how quickly they did it. But there is a huge world prior to the 90s artist. That's the one big mistake I think comics made 
when they got away from being self-referential, mm-hmm. you know, like when they would say something and then in the bottom there'd be a little caption saying, this happened in FF number 27, da, da, da. go back, check it out, what, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, there's, a, there's a long history there and people really need to oh, check no it doubt. out. So we uh, we do have some news of our of our own, do we not? Of uh, <laughs> some stuff that's going on. <laughs> Keep reaching there, Sean. <laughs> we? Let's talk about the event that possibly yeah. could. <laughs> Let's talk about possibly that happen someday. All right, John. Nobody's catching on. Talk about that one from what? <laughs> Let's talk about that whatchamacallit over what there. Call it. Where are you reaching there, John? Because we're all brain dead right now. Oh, okay. Well, didn't we have some good news to give to the listeners about something that was happening soon? <laughs> or not? Oh, what? Maybe the promo oh, code. I thought it was something podcast, else. Just be the promo code. Oh. Oh. All right. We'll give okay. them the promo code. Then I will repeat it at the so how's there we that? Go. We'll get it in there twice. Oh, I gotta go. Sure. I really thought it was something else other than the promo code. Apparently, I'm the one with the okay. brain. I'm gonna get the today. promo code, and then John can tell us what he's talking about. Somebody uh, call in. Oh, maybe the, the call in thing. Yeah, we yeah. should talk about the call in thing. Oh, yeah. that's not the thing. So not the call a thing because oh, that's wasn't. mine. Um, but I'll grab it. It's yeah. <laughs> something to get uh, me out of the. No, hole. you're not. Um. All right, the code for this coming week, and it's good until July 4th, is SP, for Sketch Podcast, 1926. You punch that in the, uh, there is a area that you can punch in codes, and it will give you a 20% off of your order. Now, I turn around and ask him, so, you're going to give them 20% off. What if they're a Blue Line subscriber? They're getting 15 He goes, guess what? They will get 35% off. That's why it's limited for this week. That's why you're only going to get it in this podcast. Use it. Go out there and use it. Bill, can you make mention of this in the community? Tell them to listen to podcasts and get this code. Okay, so again, it's SP1926. And I will mention it again at the end of this podcast, which is going south very quickly, because John won't tell us what he was thinking of. I don't remember what right. I'm thinking of now. Discussing the Ursula sketchbook. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what right. it was. Well, since we've totally lost down. track of this podcast, let's throw it back at John and let me cough. John, what's been going on over at the sketch blog at comicrelated.com? Hey, I know something good is happening somewhere, so somebody needs to talk about it. (laughs) Until then, I'll talk about the sketch blog. (laughs) All right. A couple of new things on the sketch blog. Um, Mr. Media. Mr. Media is a guy who kind of does what we do over at the sketch blog, but he does it on video. And he spoke to Buddy Sclera, who did the book Creating Comics from Start to Finish, that... I wrote a review about um, a couple of weeks back, so go check that out. Way back in the comic-related archives. <laughs> and he did a three-part review with Buddy, uh, Buddy wearing some funky glasses at various times throughout the video thing. But uh, Mr. Media 
is a pretty cool doc guy, and he does pretty cool interviews. So go check that one out. Then a uh, tutorial on creating a game comic, a comic with the specific theme of video games. Uh, of course, comics, especially web comics now, can be pretty much anything. Uh, Clay's Way being one mm -hmm. good example. So um, check that out on creating your game comic. Then um, in our new from Blue Line section, I have a post where Prismacolor now has all 12, nope, scratch that, all 25 <laughs> of the coal erased color pencils available yes. through Blue Line Pro. So check out the little link there at the bottom of that entry and... You can go check all those out. After that, a straight tutorial on a Western-style female face. Um, the guy on it's kind of funny, actually. He says there's nothing to learn from this video right at the beginning, but then goes on for the next 30 minutes on teaching you a whole lot of stuff. So go check that out. Uh, after that, uh, a little thing on comic creators and shop owners. Uh, they put in their two cents about the medium, what's kept them in comics, and where they think everything is going. So go check that out, a short documentary. Um, also, in our new from Blue Line section, a variety of things. Uh, you can check out different things from pencils to wallets to a little mannequin, India ink, uh, mapping pens, you name it. So go check that one out. Then uh, Francis Manipal, uh Really cool guy. I got to meet him once myself briefly, but uh, really nice guy. And he's doing interview at the recent Toronto Con. And then I believe that brings us back up to where we were. Awesome. Bill, what's going on over at the Sketch Community at ComicRelated.com and on ComicsMentor.com? Uh, ComicsMentor. Still doing the encouraging thing and looking at people's... Um, you know, portfolios or pieces that they want, you know, a critique or just comments on or, you know, another set of eyes. Because sometimes, like I said before, it's hard to be objective sometimes about your own stuff if you've been working on it for hours and hours. And um, sometimes you just need somebody else to look at and go, what's 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 going on? Is it what is it what I'm shooting for? That kind of thing. And over on the Sketch Magazine forum, uh, Chuck Moore has set up a Sketch Live chat. Yes. Um, section for when we do the live chat call in and uh, you know people are continuing to show off their you know their portfolios or sketches and and all that so once again cool place to be and then of course we get some of the the uh, comments from the previous podcast on there too right. so that helps us either clear up a point or gives us other things to talk about so we don't have um, one like this where it's all ah. over the place. And, yeah. well, believe it or not, guys, we actually sit here and plan this podcast longer than we do most of them. You know? That's where that we made our That was our mistake. mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with everybody. Listen, these two guys, John and Bill, I've known them for a long time. And I really enjoy this hour or so we sit here. And spend talking about this with them because we, we've done so much together and we have so much planned in the future to go together. And I hope you, we can continue to bring our experiences and share them with everyone. But, you know, these are my friends. 
and it's a lot of fun doing this and we get playful and, and everything. So, um, I don't cut it out as much as I used to, cause I always thought it needs to be very professional, but I think you guys all know who we are and what we're about and that we're here to share what we can find answers when we can and help everyone become better artists and better creators and, and have fun doing this. Um, Make a job, make money. That's great. I have no problems with that. I've done that my whole life with comics. But enjoy doing it. And and I'm sort of coming myself out of a funk and and starting to have fun with this again. So um, just let everybody know why I don't clean these up as much as I just take out my curse words. Um, which have not been that bad lately, has they, John? Um, yes. I know. That's, you're kind of you're drawn yes. out of that. Um Myself, um, I'm working on Sketch Magazine, um, and I'll go into more details about that in the next podcast. Um, I am working on Sketch Magazine website. It's going to look a lot like the past site, except it's going to be updated a lot easier. And so John and Bill can help me update this thing and keep it going with fresh content. Um, I am sitting at the back end of the live chat still. So it would still be a couple weeks out. Um, a couple of things got thrown on my plate, and I want to make sure it works. I know, Bill, you're on vacation this week. So one day mm-hmm. that I can catch you home for an hour or so, we'll probably hammer it, and we'll grab John if he's available and beat it to death and make sure it's working fine. And then at that point, we'll put the word out, and we'll give a good week to get the number and everything out to let people know about it. So, But, you know, plan on uh, getting in there, sketch live chat. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but realize, and I see this on other chats that I'm involved in and other stuff, don't rack up your phone bill doing this. You know, download Skype, which is free, and it's a free service, and it will call in, and what I'm understanding is I will see you to be able to bring you in, so it ain't costing you anything, or make sure you have unlimited minutes on your phone. So please don't do this live chat if it's going to cost you money. Because it's, you know, we will record these. Uh, we will answer any questions that's emailed to us live like that. So um, there's other ways to reach us if you can't afford to call in. You do have to call in. You can't log in on a computer. Um, you have to use Skype to call in if you're using a computer. So that's one thing I did find out with it. So it's a big, uh, not a big setup with it with all the programming I've ever done. It's not that big of a setup, but I've never done anything like this. So I really want to make sure it works before we dive into it. Um, and I've already got our phone number in place. We're set with that. So um, we should have Chuck went ahead and created the, the place on the uh, blog. I will be posting the phone number there, but without the pen, it's not going to do you no good, but go ahead and get the phone number put in for you. Uh, if you don't know, like I said, find Skype. We all here. That's what we're talking on right now is Skype. Um, I do other conference calls with other people using Skype. Um, as long as you got a headset and mic uh, of any kind, even broken, huh, Bill? Um, it works. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's definitely a, maybe it'd be worthwhile grabbing a little headset and mic than to rack up your phone bill. So be preparing yourself so once we're ready to roll with this, you can be a part of it. Um, and, uh, we sent out a blue line newsletter today, um, sort of catching everybody up on sketch. It was, you know, we feel like Bill and I and John were put a lot of effort in sketch branding, 
Um, so we want to sort of catch up everybody on the newsletter list. That newsletter list goes up to nearly 10,000 people. So we want to let them know what all we're doing here at Sketch. Hopefully they can come and join our party and uh, be a part of this. So that's really it. Uh, Chris Dryers jumped in and created some clay strips for me. He's a good old friend of mine. Um, heck of an anchor. Evidently a heck of a cartoonist, too, because I'm really enjoying him. Um, he's going to finish out this week and next week. And it allows me to spend some time on some stuff that I really needed to get done. One of them everybody here will be really happy with. And we'll talk about it next week. And um, it also gives me a chance to get a head start. Jackie's cranking on a six-strip six storyline that Bill wrote. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, right after Chris's run, we will jump into that six-strip uh, storyline. And then Bill and I have been talking about doing some... Strips based on dyslexia and um, ADHD. I think we need to get back to that a little mm-hmm. bit, along with our fun stuff. So uh, it, it, right. that'll get us into the fall. So And to let everybody know, there's some stuff going on in the backside of um, Clay'sway. As much as I love Clay'sway, the readership's not growing. So it's something else we're looking at, saying, okay, what are we dropping the ball on here? I know we're up to 70 strips. That's not counting the guest ones. What is it? You know, why are we not grabbing our audience? So, there's stuff like that that we're always looking at. And once we find the answer, or if anybody has any suggestions, please send them. You know, I love hearing. So, um, speaking of sending questions, um, before I ask for how they can contact you, I'm going to repeat the podcast, the sketch podcast, and I left my email. So, I have to go back to my email. And SP nineteen sixty or nineteen twenty six. Now did you write that down? No, I just remembered it. You are correct. The code and that's what you, it's a code because we use these at conventions too. We'll create a code at a convention and that way we know what coupons at which computer it's a coupon. It's online. You punch it in, it's SP one nine two six and you will get a twenty percent off of any blue line pro order. Off BlueLinePro.com, and if you already are a Sketch subscriber, which gives you 15%, you will receive 35% off. So please take advantage of these codes. We're going to try to do one each week. As long as Blue Line works out for Blue Line, they're happy with it. We'll do it, and uh, use that code. So uh, John, how can they find you, bud? Uh, well, they can find me at John at SketchMagazine.net. Hopefully. Or you can find me at John at ComicRelated.com. Yeah, he says that because we had a little problem with our email earlier that I'm going to have to dive into yeah. later and try to figure out. But, Bill. Yeah, I never got those. You still. Too. Now, I sent those directly still. to where I send the sketch stuff to, so I don't know. Um, how can they reach you, Bill? They can write me at ComicsMentor at gmail.com, or they can go to the uh, comics, Comic Related forum. Um, and just like this this last week, people they'll leave me a, a message on there, and then it lets me know through my other email that I've got a message waiting for me if I don't right. see it. So one cool. way or the other. Um, I know I'm getting podcast at sketchmagazine.net. I think these guys are too. They just didn't get what I forwarded them to. So I can be reached there or bobh at blueonpro.com directly. And, um, you know, it's... You know, send us your emails, send us your questions, 
send us your opinions uh, or if you have a suggestion to share send it or put it on the board and Bill will grab them for us so keep us going so uh, go out make comics and create enjoy yourself thanks a lot guys thanks Pete. thank you take care Good. bye See you.